You know I love music, and every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move, it makes me want to have fun, but it's something about this joint right here, this joint right here, it makes me want to...
Westside never had it so good. 101.1 Radio, the best R&B and hip-hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. Talk radio with the best host in the business. Sports Talk Radio, every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1. And it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities you will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflection, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. As always, I'm real happy to be here. So the subject matter is one that fills me with sadness. It is important for me to say to you that, you know, um, men try real hard to call other men cowards, or to call them less than genuine, or just to say to them that they're worthless, because uh, it's real critical to say those kind of things about somebody you truly don't know, but it is important that when people don't step up, that you call them on their cowardness if they refuse to recognize and see the need to do something. I place these 17 deaths at the feet of the Senate and the House of Representatives because they choose to do nothing as more and more Americans are gunned down 
here we are in a situation where we know that these things are going to continue to happen, and those that we are let choose to sit back and rest on their laurels. They refuse to fight any type of fight. We're not talking about fight a good fight. They refuse to fight any fight related to changing the direction of America and their need for guns. So if you have leadership that refuses to fight any kind of fight, I think it's okay to say that those leaders are heartless. They're filled with jelly in their spirit, in their backbone, and they're cowardly. How can we continue to have people die at the rate that they're dying in America? And our Senate and our House of Representatives choose, choose to lay quiet while people's blood run on the street. We, are, we can no longer sit back and relax. It's happening in our churches. It's happening at our concerts, and it's happening at our schools. It is my understanding that it is, this is the 12th shooting of one or more people at a high school or a school setting this year, and we're just in the month of February. How can people claim to be our leaders when they choose not to step up and find a way to reduce the gun violence in our country. It tells me that you do not have the will to fight against them that want to keep the status quo. At some point in time, it is better to just tear up the Constitution in terms of the general population having guns than to sit quietly by as we kill more people than we do in war. How can you say you care about the safety of our country to build a wall or to keep people out when we got people on the inside killing as many people as anybody else? At some point in time, you have to relinquish whether you believe in terms of your right to carry guns, to put some laws together that save people who are in their schools, who are praising and worshiping, or people who are just out to have a good time. It is no longer satisfactory to sit back and do nothing. Cheryl, we sit here Every time we have these massacres, talking about what is our leadership going to do, and they continue to sit back and make excuses and do little or nothing to keep our children safe, to keep people who are practicing their religion safe, or to keep people who are just trying to enjoy their day. Good evening, and how is everyone doing this evening? This is um, a subject that is so necessary and it's so sad. It's sad because this is really a needless conversation as far as the killing 
occurring. Um, the signs were there. The warnings were there. Everything was there for this killer to not to have been where he was that day. You're right. We are, we are sick and tired of hearing prayers or with the family. I mean, that's not doing anything. Uh, and, I mean, it's repeated over and over. And I also heard, too, where what Donald Trump had to say was just empty words. Empty words. I went, to, I went to Twitter and I found that a vic, one of the ones, the students, wrote, unless you're going to do something about gun control so no one else experienced my school, school has, shut the F up. And it was addressed to Donald Trump. I mean, this is a child. We we can't even begin to imagine what took place. And the video that that was going around, the video that I saw, I mean, this child froze. You can see the laptop being shot up. No child should leave in the morning to go to school, hearing that. What is it really going to take to change the laws with gun control? I mean, we've had so many deaths over and over again. And the only thing that we get is, well, now is not the time to talk about that. But our thoughts and our prayers. And we get that until the next time. I mean, we're tired of hearing it. We are tired of losing individuals to gun violence. And something has to be done. And the reason why I say that is I lost a cousin, Mardi Gras Day, 30 years old, three babies, Three babies. Somebody shot him multiple times. Now his mama has made arrangements to bury him. And this is what he's left behind, his baby. It's it's not fair. It's not fair. Something has to be done. And I hope that we talk about this again and can get somebody on here to give us more insight to what we can do and how we can come together within the community and how we can discuss it and how we can talk about how important it is to get these guns under control. And, you know, it's not even the guns, it's the people. And then I read the article with Australia. We got to do something. We have to. It's not even a if and but about it. We have to do something. This was unnecessary. 
Reverend Smith, you know, I come to you because here we are in a situation where these people have, the majority of our leadership has predetermined that this is a fight they don't even want to fight, regardless of how many times it happens. You you know, you figure, well, one more time and they're going to do something. They, enough has happened for them to do something, but they are so caught into their jobs and into their, the money that they're making that they don't care since it has it doesn't impact them. And it does impact them because less than a year ago, one of their own got shot up or several of them got shot up. But they just don't care enough about us as human beings to try to do anything about what is impacting us day in and day out. How do we get through to these knuckleheads that our lives have value? James, good afternoon to each and every one of you. Um, It's going to take what I've said all along, we the people. We the people, we've got to, every time a person opposes any kind of gun legislation, every time these things come up or don't come up and they go into a bill that's been drawn up, a, a worthy bill, a worthy bill, not just any bill, but a worthy bill, and all of the bills that are drawn up is usually put on on uh, go, um on computer. And so if we read those bills and we find out that then they've also put on on the computer who votes for what and who vote who don't vote for. We need to look on there. We need to if we Cheryl was talking about what can we do, we could only thing that we can basically do is get others to look and say we have got to like she was talking about the child that wrote that Uh, On the uh, Twitter These children are tired of it And look like to me They're going to be the only ones that will stand up We we won't stand up We're sitting around We're doing the same thing that we do every time We discuss it And we discuss it Not just the legislators We we vote them in We vote them in All across the United States We vote these people in But we got women movement Against me too We got black uh, uh, um, Violence All of these things We got something for every But what about the violence of killing our children I know just last week Just last week Members of my family Members of my family Were saddened My grandson Whose cousin And my granddaughter Whose nephew he was killed by another 15-year-old, shot in the chest right in his own house, and killed. So when we talk about this, until we get these people out of the legislation, and we get them to the point that they understand we, are, we the people are in charge of you, you are not in charge of us. But we've got that backwards. They think they own us, that they can do basically whatever they want to do. And just before I came on here, 
I saw a graphic on television where it said seven point some million dollars went to McCain, uh, six point some million dollars from the gun uh, NRA went to another uh, uh, Republican, and three point some million dollars went to Rubio from the NRA, and twenty one million went to Trump. Okay, so we until we put a halt to that, th- those people they they know that we are not going to do anything. They know that we are just being pacified, and we they give us a pacifier and we suck on it until the next one come along. That's how. That's why we can't stop drugs. That's why we can't stop nothing, because we the people don't get. We we jump up in a minute about something that we think that that we can be involved in, except when it contains to the killing and taking of lives of other people. The black life, black black whatever movement, it it don't it. I don't even care nothing about that. That's when we see television. Uh, we see news reporters, but then when it comes down to all the shootings and killing in black neighborhoods, we won't even go down in the black neighborhoods and march and talk to the kids or talk to people. So until we come together as individuals, black, white, all of us, we've got to let those elected people know enough is enough. There's no reason for our children to be getting killed like they are being killed. Uh, all these kids dying this year. There's two months, well, one and a half months, and they're all dead. They're gone. I told somebody today, their parents woke up with their child yesterday. They woke up with them. And did what they didn't wake up with them this morning. They did not wake up with that child. You woke up with your child, so it's all right as far as you're concerned. I'm okay with it. I'm so glad my children, but it could be, you never know. It could be your child next time. It could be the other person's child. I hurt for all of them myself, black, white, green, purple. There's no reason to be killing up these children, and there's no reason for us to sit back and let the NRA drive our our uh, uh, congresspersons the way that they are driving. We need to stop it and stop it now. Because they're going to keep kicking Joyce, the can down the road. Joyce, we sit here, and it is amazing to me that we can't expect our government to do anything by the inner city crime when they're unwilling to protect their own. This is white America killing white America on a, on a, on a weekly basis. We have 12 incidents of school shootings in, in less than two months. And here we got these congressmen and senators who refuse to do anything to save their own people. So they're not going to do anything about gun violence in the country when they're un- they unwilling to do anything about it when it, it, it reaches home. Are you there, Joyce? 
what is unbelievable to me is that Cheryl, we have we had one of the students say, if you don't allow somebody under the age of 21 to drink, why are we allowing someone under the age of 21 to buy an assault rifle? Have mercy. You're that absolutely right. I mean, our laws are so messed up. And, you know, we can't even begin to to say what all, just like Pastor Smith said, you know, we got to be active. We can't be just talking about it. We have to be active about it. Um, I mean, we have to start educating and educating and educating and talking about the importance of getting to these polls, who we are electing in office. You know, we don't have time to just to sit home and do nothing on election day. We don't. We have to come together. And like I said, right now I'm trying to get as many cities that I can within with different people in different cities coming together and they tagging each other so that we will be prepared on a massive number when it comes time for election. And I hope that it gets passed down so far where we can make a major impact. Because this is killing us. I mean, it's killing it's killing the children. It's killing us. I mean, when I say us, I mean, look at the man who shields those children and got bullets to keep those other kids alive. Mm-hmm. What about his family? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's ridiculous. This should not have to be. And mm-hmm. then, you know, we uh, we talk about the cell phones, but imagine if these children wouldn't have these cell phones. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, to be able to reassure the parents, because I'm going to tell you, if these children were not texting their parents, these parents would have been busting through every barricade that they were. Because I know if I was a parent, I would be. If I couldn't get a hold of my child, I definitely would be. I mean, we got to structure things in a way that, I mean, it, it, it's it's just unbelievable. And, I mean, it's so sad. It's, I mean, it's got people, I mean, I don't know, it's got me furious. It's got me furious. And, it's I mean, I hope it makes enough people serious to get up and start doing something about it, coming together. Like I said, I'm incorporate a whole bunch of people. Just back and forth, picking up groups of people, getting them to the polls. So, I mean, I hope that everybody else do whatever they could in their community, whatever, you know, whatever is possible for them to do. I mean, use your Facebook, you know, social media is out there. Get you a separate page, a separate group, and get it going. And knowing how, you know, if we can't get out, we can still reach people. We can reach people massively. On social media I mean we got to do Action has to take place And Reverend Sim Let me ask you You know um, We know that part of the problem is We build If we're not If we're refusing um, To do anything about gun laws We need to be doing something about How these schools are structured 
so that people don't have multiple ways to get into a school. And I know that they talk about, well, that then you have problems with fires. Our schools are not burning up. Our kids are dying because they caught in fires. Our kids are dying because people have multiple ways to get into these schools, and they don't have not one way they're not wanting to pay to make sure that every one of these entrances are protected. So you protecting the school against bombing, you can be protecting the school against fires, but then those aren't the things that are killing the kids. So how can you say you are, you are so caring about how these children are, are their, our most valued possessions, but you're not keeping them protected against guns? Let me go back to something that Cheryl said, and then I'll come back up to where you are. We've got to we've got to uh, mobilize. We've got to mobilize people and find out everyone who has taken money from the NRA and has voted for them on all of these occasions. Because everyone that has taken money has definitely voted for them. I mean Democrat and Republican. Because there are a lot of Democrats also that have taken money from the NRA whether they want to admit it or not, but it's out there for public viewing. And we need to, we definitely need to uh, look at that, look at that. Now, the second thing that you were talking about, these schools, if we got all this technology, all this technology that we have, we don't have to have guards on every door. There's, before I go any further, there's one question I'd like to ask. They said an armed cop was on that campus. That is a very large campus. But my thing is, how long did they never said did he ever get to the point where he was anywhere close or near or around where that shooter was? They never said that. You've never heard them say one word about where was the school resource officer at? How long did he ever make it to the area? You talk about first responders. Did he ever get close to that? I got somebody at my door. Go ahead on, James. Yeah, it is It is important to know or figure out exactly what was happening strategically because this young boy not only did, killed uh, 17 people and wound 15 others, he was able to drop his backpack and his gun and get out. He was out of the area for almost two hours. And luckily, he was seen by a police officer who chose to control the around the outlying area. So it is important for us to ask what they were doing to protect the school the students at the time or what strategy did they use. But we really need to ask ourselves what are we gonna to continue to do? Are we gonna to continue to let these people not step up to the plate and do what it is they're supposed to do. Uh, Joyce, I went to you earlier. Are you there now? Well, Cheryl, um, 
it, it just seems that we, we have people who are just incapable of doing the right thing. Uh, they're just going to continue to let our children be victims and don't step up to the plate to try to do anything. Now, we know over the next few months, even more things will happen or they'll let it go quiet as these children are forgotten. You know, you're right. Um, it's, I don't know if they're going to take this as and, and claim it as a mourning period, thinking that this is going to go away like they do everything else. I mean, but we got to make enough noise. And just like Pastor Smith said, we the people can change anything we want. Because, see, we know that all of this is driven by money, by greed. They don't want to, you know, things are not going to change, fight it because of the money. And we have enough people to come together that we can overtake them. And we got to get to the polls. We got to. And that means everybody because all lives are being lost because of this. The bullets don't have a color on who they're trying to hit. (laughs) They don't have... Um, agenda on who they're trying to hit. They don't have an age on it. And if you end the way, you can still get hit. And I mean, this is sad. It's hurting. It's taking um, children. It's taking parents. It's taking the lives of siblings. It's. I mean, it's really, now for 17 victims, Imagine how many people are connected to them. If you go to one funeral and you find all the people that are connected to that one person, so imagine how many people are connected to the 17. And these children are going to try to be going to all of these different funerals. This was a huge high school. I mean, this should be enough to make people not want to go to sleep and to continue thinking on what can we do now. And that's how those other kids in the school are feeling. I know they can't sleep. They have um, post-traumatic stress disorder. This is affecting them and will affect them the rest of their lives. And we can't act like we don't care about it. You know, where is our first responsibility? Love. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to care about each other, love each other. Love each other enough and not lip service. Put some action toward those things. I'm going to show you I love you. You don't have to tell me. If you show me, then I believe you. And that's what these kids are looking for. They're looking for some. They don't want no empty promises. They don't want no thoughts and prayers are with you. They don't want to hear the poetry that he read today off a telephone. Amen. Amen. We know when your heart is in it. And we know when you're reading something. Clap my hands. Now sit yourself down. Because you could have
stayed where you was at. That was a bunch of crap. I mean, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I can't. I, it's ridiculous. Andre, as we sit here wondering, you know, what is going to happen now? We, you know, a lot of times we've done that. Well, something will happen when the next shoe falls. It, you know, there, there's a closet full of shoes falling, and we don't have leaders who are willing to step up and do anything. Children are being slaughtered in schools, and our legislators refuse to do anything. A tremendous Thursday to everyone, and I'm just joining on. And uh, I was so pleased to hear the sincere passion and uh, just frustration because, you know, I think uh, to answer your question, uh, James, uh, Senator Nelson said it best. It will change when America gets sick and tired of being sick and tired, when we say enough is enough. And to your point, until we really put action behind our, our mouth and say, you know, not only do we say enough is enough, we require, demand, and uh, and expect nothing less than what our expectations are, you're right. One thing is going to continue to keep happening. How can this continue to keep happening? Uh, you know, our children are getting just killed in, in a safe place. And, um until we, as uh, as American people, require legislation uh, to act and uh, make a difference, we're going to continue to see it. So until we all agree and feel the same passion, commitment, and ready to act upon it, uh, we're going to unfortunately continue to see something like this occurring. And, D, you know, we sit in an amazement that our leadership is willing, like Cheryl says, to keep giving those empty statements. Our prayers are with you. We're with you. But ain't nothing changing. And that's what I'm saying. That's why I call them cowards. They're not afraid of, of allowing their their physical life to change. They just don't want their jobs to change. They don't want their careers to change. So they're afraid to fight the fight that is in the best interest of our, our people. All they're caring about is their jobs and their careers. They don't care about us. But I was glad, James, to hear uh, one public, and I, I regret that I didn't uh, catch the name I was getting dressed this morning, but he was saying that as long as the Republicans are in control, because of their being in the hip pocket, if you would, of the, and I'm paraphrasing, of the um, gun lobbyists and gun um, committees and all, nothing will occur. And he gave, you know, examples of the deaths that have been uh, brought to the forefront of the country and the opportunity to have legislation change. So, again, um, the Republicans can say, like you say this and say that, but the action have approved that they would uh, respond. So until we as Americans uh, uh, require our legislators to act differently, it won't happen. So I encourage all of us, if we haven't already, to, again, call your senators, call your representatives, and and voice your concern. And then in addition to that, just like what we're doing now, uh, gather and, and talk about, you know, 
the sincerity of it and then come up with an action plan on how we can act. You know, we can't just look to um, certain people to um, make a difference. We all have to work together and make a difference. A little of this and a little of that, and you add little and little, you get more. Uh, Gene, you know, you know that there are, you have two kids that are going to be in school for quite a while. How do you feel about the lack of protection your children have related to their, their future? Hmm. The lack of protection that any of our kids nationwide have because our elected officials refuse to do what is necessary. Well, James, uh, thank you for the show, man, and I knew this was going to be the topic. And to, to answer your first question first, and I'm going to answer the second question next. Uh, the first question is, uh, I'm petrified. I am petrified because I'm, I am a person that, pay, that pays close attention to everything. Um, we educate our, our, our kids at home. We sure do. Um, I saw on Facebook just yesterday where uh, these kids tried to hang a little a little boy. Uh, he was a, a mixed race, and these white kids tried to hang him. Um, and but he was able to uh, get get himself free, but he had to be flown to um, uh, to a hospital in the area for surgery, neck surgery. But they left him there, and uh, all of that, you know, all of that. So yeah, we look, we uh, we give them the 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 education that we can uh, while they are of young age, and uh, and then we'll we'll go we're taking a, a step further when need be. But right now, I'm petrified. I don't trust them. I don't trust no school teachers and any of that at this point in time. Especially we had this conversation not not long ago. Uh, do we trust educators to be? Uh, uh, in, intuitive enough to teach our children the way they, we feel that they need to be taught in this era and time. I don't. I don't trust that. So uh, right now, uh, I'm in wait to see, but right now we uh, we educate them at home. Uh, the second question, and Ms. Audrey was correct, um, we are in a bad place when we're looking for our congressmen and senators, senators to do the right thing, but the truth of the matter is we're up, up against the opposition, the gun lobbyists, and the NRA, which go about their way padding the pocket of these uh, lawmakers to be hushed. They pay them hush money. In essence, what it is, they they pay them to ignore or to vote in, in favor of them for the gun manufacturers of these weapons. You know, um, and see the, the fact that uh, most most white Americans that's gonna be fair, that's gonna call it for what it is. Most white Americans were bought, brought up as children to be hunters. They buy, they got, they get, they, they they take their children hunting at the age of five. And they buy them guns. They've they've always done that. That that's that love affair with guns that they have that we don't have. The the, the when we own guns, we own it for protection only. But they they have a slew of guns. Just just stockpiling guns just because. And so and the gun 
gun manufacturers, they know that. So that's the opposition. And so they will pad their pockets just to sway in their favor. And that's why you can't get a, 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 a viable explanation out of them about what is what, to be done with this epidemic. They don't even want to call it that. So, um, it's, you know, it's, it's strange, but it's, it's worth observing. And that's, the, that's, just, that's where we are at this time, James. Thank you. You know, I feel like our society here in the United States is so far behind and so inadequate related to figuring out what is important to do when it related to our health, our nation. They will get all kind of bent out of shape about a threat of a mosquito, a a mosquito, and the virus that it may deliver to the American public and the lives that it may impact and are so quiet about the 30,000 lives that are lost every year to gun violence. You have people here who just refuse to open their eyes and see the need to protect the citizens of the United States. Australia, decades ago, made some serious moves to change their laws to protect their citizens. And yet the United States stands here with antiquated laws that refuse to work. They will not even mandate that everyone who owns guns register those guns. If you refuse to register your gun, no matter where you get it from, you should be liable for criminal behavior. But we allow people to pass guns without having those guns registered. And we had a lawmaker who tried to justify the fact that you have to register your car. If your grandfather gives you a car, you still have to go register that car and put it in your name. Why should you not have to register a gun if your grandfather passes you a gun down? There are simple laws that nobody should fight against. Why should you have a weapon that can kill people no matter what its type is and not have somebody have your name written down with your association to that weapon. And I'd go so far as to say that if your weapon gets stolen and you refuse to to turn it in uh, to the police that's stolen, it, you should get a misdemeanor charge. We got to get serious about these lives that are being lost as a result of people being able to purchase weapons and demand responsibility. There is no way in the world a 19-year-old should have had the ease of obtaining an assault weapon that was able to kill as many people as this young man killed at his age. So I am livid about the fact that 
We just refuse to do anything, anything, no matter how simple it is and how common sense it might be. There is no desire to do the right thing. Uh, Joyce, Amen. I still want you in on this. Are you there? Hello? Yes, I am. Hi, Joyce. I can hear you. Hi. Well, you're right. It's, it's a shame because when you look at it, this kid is 19 years old. It's amazing that he could buy uh, that rifle, but he could not buy a handgun. So, and this that rifle is more powerful than a handgun. We got to do something about the NRA, and uh, that that is what is going on. Um, they're in the pocketbook of, of all the senators and the people that make the decision making. Believe it or not, uh, your your uh, Rubio took, uh, if I'm not mistaken, seventeen million dollars from NRA. My senator took the highest amount. Uh, President Trump took two hundred and um, twenty-one million. Uh, they've been uh, spotlighting all these people, these senators, and how much money, how much millions of dollars that they pumped into these uh, these uh, elections. That's how come nothing is being done. They don't want to do anything. They're not going to do anything because they've taken the money, and now that they've taken the money, they've lost their voice. NRA, $3.3 million to Rubio, $7.7 million to John McCain. NRA, uh, they ranked uh, Florida Senator, the one who's making all the, the um, interviews, talking about what he's going to do and the whole bit. He's rated A+. Plus. Pence, he's rated A amongst the NRA. Trump, they gave $21 million. This is ridiculous. These are facts that is being put on television now with MSNBC and um, CNN. Just like the young people, I think something different uh, about this last um, ordeal because you got your young people that are speaking up now. I was so amazed by one of the young young ladies said that she told Trump, "You need what can you you tell him what can you do? You need to do something." That she said. Um, we're tired of you. You're talking and not doing anything. You need to be able to have uh, these guns. Out of there's no way that a person my age, that's what she said, could handle and should be having a gun like that that do that type of damage. It's ridiculous. So now that our young people are speaking up, it's the voice, and I think our young people are gonna push our older people, their parents, to to don't give up, demand something. And uh, I think just just this time, I, I think it's, it's a little different than what a lot of small talk. I don't think they're just going to let it just go to waste. So hopefully we pray that uh, that uh, we put the pressure so badly on um, uh, on our senators and our representatives, Rubio. You know, it's just ridiculous, particularly down in Florida. These are two major incidents that are happening in that state. It, it doesn't make any sense like that. So we, we need to put a stop on it. I'm sad about it, but uh, it's, it's not going to take more than vote this time. It's going to take action, and we want action right now. And another flip on this is that when you look at it, I think now that their light bulbs may have come on because look who's being destroyed by all of these shootings. Who's doing all the shootings? Who has the gun? Just like D said, look at the people who are behind when they, when they capture 
uh, you know, these are kids. These are white kids that got these type of guns. It used to be that black folks, and they didn't pay no attention, that the NRA, NRA don't care because blacks was killing up blacks, and that's all you saw in the news. You're not seeing that now in the news. And I think now that we're not seeing that, we're seeing their people and their, their kids in the news. I think this is maybe, this just might be the wake-up call. Thank you. Uh, Reverend, let me come to you and just ask you. Um, here we have law enforcement trying to uh, protect us, but when the elected officials refuse to give them the resources to protect us by putting laws in place that can give them more power, let me just ask you, you know, you you in a situation where you're saying, Let's have some reasonable gun laws. Uh, we're not talking about taking away everybody's guns. And some of this stuff can be grandfathered in so that the guns that are out there are going to get older and uh, may not be able to function for much longer. But we have to put some restrictions on the kind of domestic guns that the regular citizen can obtain. Because we're giving them the kind of weapons that we are, that are, are nearly as good, if not better, than the weapons we give our soldiers. I agree with you 100%, James. Uh, they are. Uh, and you can't we, – we, we, the police chiefs and the sheriffs and all of these, they are. They are against all of this. Most of – I said 90% of them are because they've had rallies to try to get – their senators and, and congresspersons to change these things. I just looking at television just before you call my name and Trump, you know, he, he signed, he just took all the ban off of even selling guns to mentally ill folk. He just signed a bit, take it all. Uh, it, it, God bless me. God forgive me. But it, it, it's not only that he just he took all of the regulations all of the regulations are basically been removed to a certain extent okay so now we as individuals like Joyce and like Cheryl and like all of us have been saying we've got to get serious and and you're right Joyce these young people are sick and tired of being killed those children go to school and a lot of them a lot of them that are in high school today are 18 years old Okay, can vote. So those are the ones that we're going to have to. That's why uh, Barack Obama was so able to win. He mobilized all of the young folks. Forget those old folks. They got their, they, and not, that's including old fuddy duddies like myself. Forget it. Go out there and get those young folks. We older ones who have a little bit of common sense need to get out there and, and work with those young folks instead of trying to, to to push them down to the bottom. Let them take the forefront, and we just guide them alone. Stay out of the way and guide them. But as far as going back to what I said before I, I my doorbell rang, uh, that was somebody sending me some flowers for my first time in my whole life for my birthday, and I thank God for, for that. So, but anyway, uh I was talking about the schools. I was talking about technology. 
And you were right, Jane, when you say there's no reason for them to put all those doors so people can come in any door. That's not, that doesn't make sense. They should have cameras on every one of those doors, like you said, and have someone monitoring all of the doors in that school. And they can do that with one monitor because it's a lot of doors, but it doesn't take that many people because our dispatchers monitors four or five, five screens at a time. It's simple. There are simple ways to stop it, but nobody will allocate the money for it because they are all in the NRA's pocket and the gun, the gun maker's pocket. So we got a problem, and until we stop it, and until these we mobilize these young folks and some of the older ones of us who got some kind of common sense that want to help stop their, our children and grandchildren. I'm totally afraid for my grandchildren. I'm totally afraid for my great-grandchildren. I'm scared. I really am. And I don't like guns, but I keep a gun in my truck all the time. I'll tell you in the NSA, if you listen, I got a gun, but I got a permit to carry it because I'm a retired special agent. So that doesn't, you know, it's the thing of it is that you don't want to do something, but because of the way situations are today, there's so many guns, millions and millions of guns in the United States. Look at China. I want you to look up China. And I want you to see how many people were killed by guns in China. China got, what, 9 billion people in all of their providence? And you know only were nine people killed over there last year by guns. Now, what does that? I thought we were supposed to be the civilized community of a nation. Does this look like we are civilized? And every time I look at my Westerns and I see how they took the land from the Indians and I see how they took the land from us, it always had to be, go get my gun, go get my gun, go get my gun. And that's been something that has been a culture thing, like Cheryl was saying. It's a culture thing that we didn't have guns, so we weren't that crazy about guns. Now that we got guns, they scared the hell of us. And that's, the preacher said that, they scared the hell of us. Yes, they are. But the whole situation has got to stop. I'm praying each day and every night. I do. I pray so hard. And when I preach tonight, I'm going to preach about the same thing. How to, how to face the devil. And we are facing the devil. Andre, we have been, Andre, we have been facing and dealing with the impact that the NRA has had on us for many a years. And there are people who are liberals and Democrats and all these entertainers. Why hasn't there been someone to start an organization that can fight back from the hole that the NRA seems to have on our country? Why can't we organize some that cares about the lives of Americans that will fight for the 30,000 Americans that are dying each year from gun violence? Well, because 
everyone is waiting on someone else to um, start and, and versus each individual. Again, I, I have to say you can't depend on others. We have to start where we are. And um, I do believe that little plus little will equal more. Uh, but that's the reason why we, we wait on who, who could do it, who should do it, and that kind of stuff. We just have to do it. But I want to go back, too, to where you mentioned, um, you know, some things are just basic. Why can't we? It may not be the complete fix-all, but you have to start somewhere, and you would think that some of the basic uh, things people would agree on in law. But if I'm not mistaken, I believe I heard that uh, it was offered um, that if indeed a person was on the Homeland Security critical watch list, that they wouldn't be able to purchase the gun. And legislators didn't, didn't vote for that. I mean, we think that that's common sense. But it is, it is, again, when you're in someone's pocket, if you are indebted to someone, and when you're talking about, you're talking about millions of dollars, and, um, you know, they kind of control and own how you are, and then you get more than one person that's um, being worked like a puppet because of that, it's going to really take the American people to cry out, voice their expectation and just that. And you can talk about it all you want to, but until action is taken, we're going to continue to see the same. It is so sad that we find ourselves, like one of the um, commentators said, uh, you know, until we are willing to do something or face this giant uh, in the room or this elephant in the room, whatever way you want to say it, it is not about when, when, I mean, it's not about if it's going to happen again. It's when it's going to happen because it's going to happen. And unless we're willing to at some point start putting together laws to help defend it, to stop people one at a time, I know not one, just no one law is going to save us. But a, a um, accumulation of laws, will continue to reduce the number of people who are willing uh, to who are willing to take the risk. You know, if the NRA is against reducing guns because the felons have the guns, then increase the penalty for felons who carry guns, who have guns in their possession. Uh, African-Americans will not cry for people who refuse to do the right thing. And that means that if it takes putting people in jail for longer sentences because they're carrying weapons and willing to kill people, I don't think African-Americans, I don't think Puerto Ricans, I don't think uh, Indians, Asians, or whites putting people in jail who know they're not supposed to carry weapons. But if you're not willing to enact any laws related to gun weapons, then we'll continue to have people killing children innocently. These people had dreams. They had hopes. They had desires. They wanted to be somebody. And yet one person was able to end all of that in one afternoon. We have to decide if we're going to let this continue, Cheryl. 
You're right. And I mean, everybody has making, is making some good, good points. And just like it was said, you know, all of these points are good, but until we take some action, until we start doing something, and just like it was said too, you know, let it begin with me, not waiting for somebody else. You know, do whatever you can do. And I know everybody can do the same things on the same levels, but we all can do something. And then we can delegate that the things that we can't do to others to do within our community. So we got to start doing something. I mean, this this situation is beyond painful, you know, and just like this little guy was 19 years old, the guy who killed um, my little cousin, he was 19 years old. And, I mean, just shoot, shoot, shoot. And, I mean, it's, it's all over. It's all over. But it don't get the major attention until it becomes numbers and massive numbers. And, it, I mean, we can't eat. You know, if we go down on a smaller scale and, and see the individuals that are killed because of gun violence, I mean, we got to, we, each person, have to begin to do something. And so right when he said using the younger people to lead the way because they're going to talk. You know, just like this person who went to Twitter and said that they were tired of um, Trump, you know, empty promises. And, um, and I said the poetry that he read. Um, there's no heartfelt in what he, um, what he said this afternoon. None at all. It was just reading, reading, reading. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, this is frustrating. And like I said, and I hope it frustrates enough of the listeners out here to do something as well. Because every time something happens, it makes me implement something else a little bit more and a little bit harder. So, and I hope that the things that were said reach out to the listeners that's going to hear this, give, strike them to want to do something. And even if they don't do something, talk to somebody who will do something, but just let things just start happening. Yeah, it is just seems that our country is just so lost. Um, D, you remember when Joe Biden was put in charge of making some changes related to guns, and there we had a Democratic president. Even then, we could not even get over the hump with making some changes after the murders of those children. So here we are again, uh, years after that, and with the same situation, 17 children dead, 15 wounded, and we have a president who wouldn't even say the word gun. But, James, uh, you know, I, I share you all optimism, but uh, when, when you ask that question and you put it in the statement that you just did, I think that's something to be observed in, in what you're saying. Um, I think we're dealing with a situation that's way that's kind of way beyond our comprehension. Um, 
it puts you in the mind of the electoral college. Uh, and and the what seems to be the lack of um, control that we have come to our elected officials because of the electoral college, uh, the input that they have. Uh, if you look at that um, on a broader spectrum, it's almost like they do what they want to do because they can. When it comes down to trying to uh, galvanize and, and implement uh, some kind of uh, rebuttal to this epidemic that we're witnessing, it seems as though uh, the, the powerful have a tendency to be in control despite the consequences of the of, of, of the evilness that these guns and things kind of bring up to the bring to the uh, to the to the table. Powerful seems to run everything. Now, as asinine as that sounds, when President Obama was about to leave office, and he had all these shooting incidents in his administration, he was powerless. He couldn't do anything but mention it. It was nothing seemed to be able to be done about it. So the gun lobbyists and the gun manufacturers, I thought about this state. When we look at other people in the world, as big as the world is, when we look at Africa, India, uh, China, Europeans, and everybody else, Australia, they don't have this kind of problem. They have, sure, they have their issues. They have their issues, but they don't have this kind of problem. So it's almost like, you know, when people of other countries talk about the West, they hate the West. They don't care much about the West because the West do what the hell they want to do when they want to do it. And so we got a we got a bigger problem, and it's it's a it's a problem of power. Sure, it'd be it'd be it'd be great if we all came together and we were able to vote these people out. But they are the power. But if you think I'm if you think I'm just making this up, this kind of look back in history in, in the past twenty five years, and let's see how the power. The powerful seem to just run everything, just run it all over you. Especially when it comes down to the the electoral college. I know our vote is supposed to count, and we're gonna soon see how how long our vote will count. But I I promise you, this electoral college thing is gonna raise raise it up your head again. And whoever is in power to control them is gonna control that vote. Thank you. We're gonna take a short break and come back and continue our conversation.
They do no do not want to do what it takes to make our lives safer. They're more enforced focused keeping their careers and their money in their pockets than keeping us alive. At some point in time, we have to decide that we want people in leadership to care about whether or not there are bullets flying past our heads instead of whether somebody's crossing the desert and trying to get into America to have a life. Seeming to me, Cheryl, that people are focused on the wrong thing while too many of us in America are being killed. You're right. And, you know, we go back to the same thing. It's money and greed because no matter how much money they get, it doesn't seem like it's enough money. And the money has caused the lives to be lost today. And we got to put a stop. I mean, our priorities have to be in order. I mean, we, we have to do something. And just like you say, it begins with us. And I agree, it's just so crazy to me that people can get all so much up in arms about a mosquito and demand so much money to make sure that the mosquito doesn't kill uh, women or affect infants. But yet, something that is killing 30,000 people a year, they turn a blind eye to. Are you there, Audrey? Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, th- that is so true. And uh, I was just going to say, I thought you was going to get ready to start getting uh, last comments, but my, I, I just want us to know that without us taking, anyone that does not take action has no right to complain. Uh, we at the we at the point now that it, it, tired of talking, tired of listening. We have to take action. And uh, someone said it before. You know, one person may not solve the whole thing, but all of us can do something. And a little of this, and a little of that, and a little of that. That's what makes the difference. Don't wait for somebody else and see about this and that. Okay, what have we done? Something that we can do. Call our uh, senators and representatives. Write our senators and representatives. Um, uh, communicate and establish a plan within your community, your family. Um, see how we can impact young people into making a difference. I mean, whatever is good for you, but the point of it is everyone can do something. And, Audrey, I have to tell you, I've taken that to heed, and I'm just going to tell you a little bit of what, what I'm going to do and tell you how easy it is. So I'm going to encourage all of you to do this. When we're watching the news, congressman say something that is against uh, what you think and feel, write his name down, Google him, find out where you can get in touch with him, and then email him to tell him how stupid he sounded to you. I have to tell you, uh, I heard Mike, uh, Senator Mike Rounds talk about he wasn't um, for limiting the number of bullets in a uh, clip uh, because you could take a 10 uh, clip and tape it to another 10 clip backwards, and then you have to flip it. Even if you had to go through that to do it, it would still take you more time 
than if you had a 31 clip to begin with. See, and that's, it's that kind of stupidness that we have uh, senators out there saying to people who say, oh, yeah, that's right. It is not right. Anything that will keep you from shooting, even if it's for a millisecond, it's better if you then you being able to keep on shooting. To flip a magazine means that you have to take time to pull it out, look down at what you're doing, flip it around again. By that time, somebody could have gotten away. But, see, he is so bent on finding a reason not to eliminate these clips with these multiple rounds that he will give us and throw out something stupid and hope you bite on it. So it's important that we recognize that anytime they're on TV, make sure you put a pad by your phone, write his name down, Google his name, email or his phone number, and like Andre says, write him. So they're inundated with people telling them how stupid they sound and let them know. And in addition to that, and in addition to that, let's uh, um, recognize the ones that are. Uh, taking a stand and speaking out on our behalf. Let's give them the support as well. You know, it works both ways. And, Dee, let me just ask you, it is astounding that we, those of us who have common sense, and we listen to these people talk on these shows, we've got to be willing to call them out when they say something that is only in their best interest and only in their interest to keep that money coming into their pocket. Well, James, I appreciate you coming back to me so fast because I really want to clarify that what you're saying and that what I said before. Um, some time ago, about a year ago, Tyrone, and we miss him, um, he mentioned to us that this was a year of exposure or the, the era of exposure. And in observing that probability, um, it almost seems to me that um, the people don't run this country. Special interests run this country. I used to always hear uh, a civil rights advocate in Atlanta always say that, and it didn't make much sense then. But during this time of exposure, it kind of makes sense now that special interests run this country, and that and those are the people that these delegates and these um, and the uh, electoral college seem to be a part of the special interests. Now, when it comes down to all these shootings and the victims that that occur because of these shootings, guess what they are? They're collateral damage. And so I hope I'm wrong about all of this. These next few elections coming up will kind of prove the point and all of that. You know, look how Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, um, uh, even the Speaker of the House, uh, how they changed, how they flipped, how they how, how they flipped sides, even at the point to where they was uh, talked about, ridiculed by Donald Trump and that campaign, slandered, and they flipped. Special interest. So I hope I'm wrong about all of that. But I'd like to hear y'all uh, hear your your take on that on that call, Gus James. And thanks for letting me say that. Appreciate. It. Well, one thing for sure, D, I think it is 
long past that somebody step up and show some backbone and be willing to take the fight to the NRA. I believe that there has to be some Americans like Bill Gates or the others that say enough is enough and lead us into a a group that is willing to take on the NRA and take on these people who are willing to keep the status quo. We need an Oprah Winfrey or somebody of her status, some billionaire, to give us a foundation that we can support that will put their money where their mouth is and battle back against the NRA. Until we have a a foundation, an organization, uh, that can go toe-to-toe with the NRA, our rules related to guns will not change. Cheryl? You know, I was thinking when um, about our young people. Our young people are going to really do it because right now, the thing that's getting the most attention is social media. And as they begin to flood up the social media, that's going to make a major impact because, see, they don't have to wait for a response. They don't have to know if the letter was thrown away. They don't have to know, uh, realize, you know, or get hung up on. That social media with the younger generation is going to really begin to speak volumes. Because they're not going to make them go away. They're going to Snapchat. They're going to Twitter. They're going to Facebook. They're going to whatever they have to do, they're going to take it to social media. And we already see that now. They've taken it to social media. And once, and they've taken it in frustration. And then when, they, when some of this is over and the shock is over, they're going to take it there some more. And that would be a great thing because... They can't make them go away. They can't make them go away. And they're going to begin to talk. And imagine if every single student at that school, that's a lot of students they had, and teachers began to take it to social media. They're going to want to shut them down, but they're not going to be able to keep them quiet because guess what? Get on the bandwagon, and there you're going to begin. We all, Andre, have to find a way to support a movement that goes beyond just the storyline. We have to be able to get momentum and fight back against these things and keep putting it in the airwaves. You know, I've been talking for years since I've been on this show about there being some kind of national class that talks about humanity, that talks about how human beings ought to treat each other. And until we get to the point where we're somehow trying to instill in our children decency, fairness, uh, we're going to be inundated by people who are angry about something. There are people out there who are angry about something and just want an opportunity fire back and to teach the world a lesson for the pain they have they have endured, and until we're ready and prepared to spend some money 
uh, finding these people and helping our children to understand the value of being fair and humane, we're going to continue to produce people who are willing to go into our schools and shoot our children. Are you there, Andre? I am. I'm sorry. Would you repeat the question? I said until we're willing to teach our children in our schools about humanity and about love for one another and about fairness and the proper way to treat each other, we're always going to compute, um, uh, produce angry children that are willing to go in our schools and kill our children. Corporations who spend millions of dollars on how to treat their coworkers, how coworkers mm-hmm. should be treated. So why don't mm-hmm. we spend millions of dollars on teaching our children how to treat one another? Well, I think it'll be re- uh, a reinforcement in the schools. Um, it, it, it has to be a fundamental expectation in the home. And then, again, as um, children have friends, and, and Ms. Cheryl is correct, um, be aware of what's uh, transpiring on a, um, social media because now things can go so fast. I mean, internationally, you, you just it, it's just unbelievable compared to years past. So I think we can have a program that's reinforced in the school, yes, and I think that will be, uh, it should be a mandatory course. Uh, But, of course, we have to start with what our fundamental values and foundation is in the home. But if you're so concerned about the way our children treat those who are gay and those who are transgender, and we're always trying to teach correctness about uh, alternative families. Somewhere we should be teaching our children how to just to be humane. If you are humane, then you know how to treat uh, those who have a gay agenda. You know how to treat those who uh, have a transgendered agenda. But someone needs to treat our children just to understand and respect humans. D. You know, James, I think you make a good point right here. Um, I have always said, the gay people don't break in your house. Gay people don't go and shoot up the place, shoot the club up. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm really going to start paying more attention to what Louis Farrakhan used to say. And I, I mean, just as a observation, um, you know, uh, these special interests that I'm talking about, they are—they're uh, they're really making a statement. They're really making a statement. And you know, our only hope, like Ms. Cheryl had just said, and Ms. Arden had just said, and speaking about the young people, our only hope are the young people, uh, because the older heads. They listen to the talking heads like Sean Hannity, uh, Rush Limbaugh, and countless others. Every state got somebody like that. Every every state has a radio show 
that megaphone, that ideology that we are right and we need to be protected by our gun rights and that the government will come take our guns one day. That's that's the mantra that they that they seem to sing out. And uh, and so yeah, we gotta hope that the younger folk um have their own mindset and have their own way of listening and, and discerning things. Because the old heads, especially the conservatives, they're stuck on stupid real hard and real bad. And uh, so that's this is the position that we find ourselves in. And um and so um through God's grace and his help, um we hopefully that somebody's paying people are paying attention well enough to really come up with some better ideas and get this whole uh, get this whole um, mindset uh, eradicated from our society. And you know, you you're so right, D. I um and and I have to tell Cheryl this too. I was I have not heard not one young person suggest that if they if one of the teachers had had the right to carry a gun or somebody other than that resource officer had access to guns, would that be a way of reducing the number of people that were killed or wounded? And so hopefully these young people are much more aware of the fact allowing everybody to carry a gun is not the solution to our problem. So, Cheryl, you know, we need to pay attention and listen and help hopefully these young people will align themselves with the Democratic Party uh, and help us wage a war on these Republicans. You know, I'm going to be watching, and I'm going to be um, – my daughter-in-law, she works in the evenings, and I'm telling you, she watches, and she would have been very good um, as far as a participant because I also shared with her – and she's one of the people in Tennessee that is going to do a Facebook page and get with the community and also bring people to vote and, um, you know, whatever she can down there. But um, it is. I'm going to watch social media. And social media is going to blow up because of this. And it's going to be because of our young um, kids. And we as an adult, we have to back them because we have to be their strength. We got to keep, you know, keep telling them, you know, and pushing them, meaning to the point where they see that in the end it's going to make a difference. We don't want them to get tired like we would get tired. We want to not get tired for them. We want to build our strength from theirs and be the backing that they really need to make a, for, to make a difference for everybody. But because this has happened to them, they have the actual voices. They can explain how it feels. They can explain from their heart. And we as the parents have to be there to back them. And I believe that that can be a great movement. And we as an adult do the things and put in action the things that we need to do within our community and getting to the polls and voting and helping others to and explaining those laws so that they are understood by everyone. So there's a lot of work to be done, and we got to, we got to start doing it. 
And, um, D, one of the things is, is that, you know, I believe some of this I lay at the foot of our president. Because of his attitude and his behavior, these things are becoming more inundated to our society. We cannot allow ourselves to continue to be uh, taken taken cleaners related to the way we are being treated by our government. You know, we have to make these people understand that we're not going to continue to tolerate our lives being taken unnecessarily. That at some point in time, we have to fight back and help our children understand that they need to be ready and prepared when they turn 18 to join the fight. Well, Jay Damon, you know, you're absolutely right. And to go along with that the idea or that statement that you just made, I think it's fair that we understand where we are in 2018. Uh, we are in the future that we have always thought about. This is the future and going forward still. My point is that these people of special interest who have tons and tons and loads and loads of money are able to pull out all the stops of mind persuasion to get their point across. Mind persuasion, now, to get their point across. Everything from the greatest salesman in the world, all those books, everything that ever worked, they're pulling out all the stops to get their point across and to make things work for them. Remember when Donald Trump said way back in the primary that everything is rigged. The election is always rigged. Everything is rigged. And he would ask would he accept his defeat if Hillary won? He said, I would accept it if I win because he knew he was supposed to win. Why? Because he knew that everything is rigged. He knew that. All right. So when it comes down to the new frontier, which is the Internet and social media, what we're supposed to be doing, knowing that we live in a time where subliminal suggestion and everything in that arena is being used to persuade people to think the way they want to think, we got to start doing the same thing. When you come down to the new, when you come down to the young, impressionable minds, we got to do the same thing. We got to do the same thing. We got to start opening up their thought processes to the probabilities that that's not always obvious. Because the obvious is all we see. But what what about the things we don't see that's going on? So we got to start using grown folks' psychology to help the young people alone because, yes, they are our future, but if they're not paying attention, they're going to miss it. So I think that's something that we should consider. Thank you, James. We're going to take our last break and uh, come back and have our final words. Your children and don't let them fall by the side of the road and teach them to 
Conversation needs to continue. Um, I hope that the listeners out there are with us and ready to put action towards the things that's going on. And like I always say, whatever we're doing, we can always do more. Thank you all so much for your continued support. And know that we have purpose. And we just need to encourage more people to use this platform to make sure their voices are heard loud and clear without interruption. This is James Deshea, your host, and I'll be back tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Time to talk about the things that impact our lives now and in the future. Good night, everybody. Good night.